0: ted audio collective the reality is at some point or another many of us will find ourselves in a bad job a job where we feel overworked and underpaid where we don't feel valued or respected by our employers where we don't feel supported or like there's room for us to grow jobs that make us question what am i doing here It's pretty easy to identify a bad job and to pinpoint the things that make it unfulfilling. And even though I doubt most CEOs or company founders set their ambitions on creating companies with terrible work environments, there are all too many companies out there with reputations for being bad places to work. So we know what a bad job feels like, but what does a good job feel like? I'm Madhupak Inola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today is Warren Valdmanis. He's a social impact investor, and in this talk, he breaks down the essential ingredients of a good job. Then, after the talk, I'll share some guidance on what you can do to find greater purpose at work and what company leaders can do to help you on that journey. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary.
1: Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer
2: from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds. In 1995, a fellow named Chris Kleba decided to open a gym in his hometown of Northville, Michigan. Fitness had changed his life, and he wanted others in small-town Michigan to have the same experience. But the problem with gyms is they can be intimidating. It's the ultimate irony. You go to a gym to get in shape, but if you're out of shape, you feel like you need to get in shape just to show up. That's why as many as 50% of gym members quit within the first year, which is fine if you open a gym in New York or L.A. with millions of people. But in a small town, you might simply run out of customers. Now, many gyms try to solve this problem by making it difficult to quit. So now, not only am I feeling guilty about not going to the gym, but I'm stuck paying $100 a month, and I'm still not getting any thinner. But Chris decided to do something different. Chris decided to invest in his workers. He hired overly helpful, overly friendly employees who, at any moment, were eager to step in and help you learn how to use a piece of equipment without making you feel like you're being judged. The idea was for the 55 year old mom or dad who'd never been to a gym before in their lives to feel welcome and comfortable immediately. Now, my question as a private equity investor is could this really be profitable? There's an old joke about a man who's had too much to drink looking for his keys under a streetlight. A cop comes by and offers to help and asks where he thinks he lost them. In the park comes the response, but I'm looking here because the light's better. That's a little how we investors look at companies today. We know that value at companies is driven by people, but we focus on short-term profit because it's so much easier to measure. I've worked in and around private equity for 25 years on six continents, and I've seen this error in thinking again and again and again. In private equity, we buy companies and seek to improve them so we can sell them at a profit. But very often, that improvement comes in the form of cutting costs, especially labor costs. Private equity employs roughly 9 million people and has cut over a million jobs in the past decade. Too often, we ask a company for their org chart just to figure out who is getting fired. Now, I think investors should take pride for helping to make companies lean. But I'm worried that we may have done our job too well and are now at risk of starving companies of the people that they need to be successful. So, the big opportunity for investors, for executives, and for you is to create rather than cut good jobs. Creating good jobs is now the focus of my work as a social impact investor. But to create good jobs, you first need a definition of a good job, which was surprisingly hard to find. Spreadsheets and numbers are comforting, but people are complicated, which is why impact investing can sometimes feel squishy. Good for the soul, perhaps, but risky for the pocketbook. But my partners and I, work at a company that prides itself on using data to solve problems. So we spent the last two years looking at all the academic research, reading all the case studies. We interviewed human capital experts and surveyed workers across hundreds of companies. And from that work, we developed a common sense definition of a good job, one that correlates with worker productivity and helps us to build better companies. So here it is. A good job is where a worker, one, is fairly treated, two, has a promising future, three, feels psychologically safe, and four, has a sense of purpose. Now, by this definition, only about a third of jobs today qualify as good jobs. But that's where data-driven impact investing can help. By putting hard numbers to each of these conditions, we can score each job at the companies we invest in and then work to improve the number of good jobs at these companies. So let's go through each of these four conditions in turn. And as we do, think about the place where you work. How does it measure up? If the answer is not good, don't worry. You can help point your company in the right direction. So here we go. Number one, a worker is fairly treated. Now, we spend roughly a third of our adult lives working. So whether you work at Marshalls or Microsoft, you want your employer to pay you fairly for all that time. But many investors see worker pay as a zero-sum game. Whatever a company gives to workers must somehow come at our expense, which is why when Home Depot announced early in COVID that they would be offering danger pay and making investments in worker safety, they saw their market value crash by billions of dollars. But our research found over 100 studies that show that appropriate incentives, attractive benefits like retirement accounts and healthcare, and things like flexible schedules more than pay for themselves through improved productivity, higher retention, lower hiring costs. Home Depot itself is a company that's built on the idea of providing better service to customers by employing experts on its shop floors, people who have seen your problem before because they've worked in home repair or construction, and they can help you to fix it better. Now, Home Depot is thriving today thanks to its investment in workers. Now, fair pay is a critical, critical thing, but it's not the only thing that matters, which brings us to our second condition, a promising future. Fast food, restaurants not only pay low wages. They also offer very little in terms of learning and growth, which is why their employees quit after six to 12 months on average. Think about that the next time you get rude service at the drive through window. But training and career path can help to solve this riddle. Restaurants like Tender Greens in California and Beloco in Boston offer training to their low-wage workers that qualify them for management roles. So you might start out as a dishwasher earning 12 bucks an hour, and then with the right training, you could become a restaurant manager in a matter of months making nearly three times that much. Now, the prospect of tripling your wage is a powerful motivator, and the data shows that workers are much more loyal and dedicated when they feel that their company is helping them to build a career. Our third condition, psychological safety should be a fairly obvious one. Think of the best boss you've ever had, the one that motivated you to go above and beyond at work. I bet that person was a listener. Because the modern workplace is increasingly a place of communication and collaboration. But many workers find it difficult or risky to speak up. Professor Amy Edmondson of Harvard has studied this issue in government, nonprofits, and companies, and found that, Most people's first instinct is to self-protect. Let's face it, life's too short to correct your boss's mistake if you think you might get fired as a result. Not speaking up is invisible, but it can cost the company valuable ideas. It can squander employee talent, or worse, it can put customers or employees at physical risk. Google found from its quest to create the perfect team that the most important ingredient was not the people involved, but rather the team's overall willingness to share and listen. It also found that great teams don't hide from their mistakes, but rather embrace them as opportunities for learning and to add to the overall IQ of their companies. Which brings us to purpose. It's a lot easier to share and listen to others if you and your colleagues feel passionately about your work. But do you feel passionately about the idea of going to work each day for the sole purpose of maximizing shareholder value for investors you've never met (laughs) is just not a very energizing idea. Humans, unlike machines, want to feel connected to a higher purpose. They want to feel proud and useful. And fortunately, most companies out there do exist for a reason, but it can be hard to tell when so many of their mission statements read like they were generated by a robot. I actually used an online mission statement generator for this talk to see what would come back. The mission of my TED Talk is to offer smart insights with empathy, care, and thoughtfulness. Not bad for a computer. But a good mission statement is more than just nice words on a PowerPoint. A good mission statement can be the most distilled form of strategy, the guiding light for a company and its employees. That fitness chain I mentioned earlier, Impact Fitness, has a very clear mission to offer health through fitness in underserved communities. And they're deadly serious about it. The founder, Chris, likes to repeat the mission at company meetings. Most gym owners would be thrilled if their customers never showed up, so long as they keep paying the monthly bill. But Chris wants people to show up and work out in his gyms and get healthier. That's why he not only tracked gym usage, but tied it to executive pay. The company has gone from strength to strength, growing from that single gym in Northville, Michigan, to now over three dozen gyms across small-town Michigan, Indiana, and now Canada. And it's done so in a way that their employees have every reason to be proud of. It's an old corporate chestnut that our employees are our most valuable asset. Today, those words ring as hollow as the automated voice telling us how important our call is when we've been on hold for 10 minutes. (laughs) But fortunately, Creating good jobs isn't rocket science. These four conditions, fair treatment, a promising future, psychological safety, and purpose, are relatively easy to track and improve. And to do that, though, requires investors and executives to work together. Because too often, well-meaning CEOs are cut short by short-term-oriented investors and the boards that represent them. But I believe with a better measure of good jobs and the associated benefits, investors will support more investments in workers. Because who wouldn't want to create good jobs if you're creating more valuable companies at the same time? And our research shows that companies with a higher proportion of good jobs grow faster and are more profitable. They attract better talent and are more innovative. Investors ignore this issue at their peril. Because in today's economy... Good jobs aren't just good for society, they're good business. Thank you.
1: Support for Ted Business comes from Odu. Put it simply, Odoo is built to save. Odoo saves time, Odoo saves money, but most importantly, Odoo saves businesses. That's right, Odoo's superhero software rescues companies from the perils of disconnected platforms, and Odoo's utility belt of user-friendly applications puts the power of total business management in the palm of your hand. Learn more at odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's odo ocom com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, saving the world one business at a time.
0: This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending, in artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. at schwab.com slash thematicinvesting. Warren's talk reminded me of something I share in the leadership course I teach at Columbia Business School and in the advisory work I do with companies. I teach CEOs, junior managers, senior managers, MBA students how to be inspiring leaders. And we often talk about ways to make those you lead and manage understand the bigger picture purpose of their role in your organization. Because we're purpose maximizers, and we feel motivated when we understand our purpose in any environment we find ourselves. Just like Warren said, everybody wants to feel connected to a higher purpose at work, and people want to feel proud and useful. So I often tell business leaders that it's up to them to clearly articulate why each person's contribution to the work makes the company all that it can and should be. And this can be done by having a strong company vision, communicating that vision to employees, and having a really thoughtful and meaningful mission statement that captures that vision. And not one that was created by an online generator. Because a mission statement serves as a kind of guidepost that can regularly be revisited to ensure that your organization's actions and behaviors are aligned with what's been articulated. There are a few mission statements out there that I think are really effective. When Steve Jobs created Apple, his mission statement was to make a contribution to the world by making tools for the mind that advance humankind. I'd want to be a part of that. And had I, I would have been a billionaire by now. But oh well, too late. Ultimately, though, a really good mission statement truly helps employees understand the why behind what they're doing. And a phrase I really like that captures this is one that Dr. Viktor Frankl adapted from Nietzsche's writings. It says, He who has a why to live can bear with almost any how. I just love that phrase, because to me, it means that if I understand why I'm doing something, then the late nights, the stress, the challenges are so much easier to bear. And while it's important for organizations to have mission statements, it can also be helpful for individuals to have personal mission statements. These are mottos or mantras that can help us find purpose in our daily lives. Your mission statement can be something deeply personal or something more broad and tactical. Here's one example. My mission is to be a connector that unifies people and ideas. That's not actually mine, but you get the point. Having a personal mission statement like this can help you be more intentional about the choices you make daily, and it can help you reflect on whether you're fulfilling your purpose. So if yours is the connector one, you can ask yourself at the end of each day or each week, what did I do to connect today? What ideas did I connect this week? And if your answer is none, then you can be intentional about making sure to find ways to link people or ideas the following day. Your personal mission statement can also help you make choices about where you want to work. You can ask yourself, is my personal mission aligned with my company's mission? If it's not, the organization might be a bad fit, and it may be time to seek out other opportunities that can help you fulfill your purpose. So I encourage you to take a few minutes to sit down and ask yourself, if I had to come up with a personal mission statement for my life, what would it be? And if you're brave enough, share it with me at at Ted.com. And I might just let you know mine too. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Transmitter Media with help from Jordan Bailey and fact-checked by Matias Salas. Special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem and Colin Helms. I'm Madupa Aginola. Talk to you again next week.